We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. This is where the fun begins. Hi, before we get started, we just wanted to say happy Pride Month and we hope you're having a good one and... We're very thankful to our patrons on Patreon. We were able to donate our proceeds back in April to the Amidala Initiative for Equality Texas. And we were able to also make a donation uh, to Encircle, which is a program that helps... uh, LGBTQ uh, plus uh, uh, youths uh, find uh, affirming programming, mental health therapy, and it helps create like a nurturing space for youth to thrive. So we're very, very thankful that you guys were able to help us uh, donate uh, to these two causes uh, because we've been seeing a lot of uh, pushback, you know, uh, the last few months, and we just want to let people know that uh, love is love, and uh, we're we're here for you, and uh, we believe in you. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's important for us to, you know, spread a message of inclusivity and, you know, being able to make donations to both of those organizations uh, was wonderful. So, yeah, any 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 way you can uh, support the LGBTQ uh, plus community, um, especially in this month, the month of June, uh, which is Pride Month, uh, definitely do. And if you want more information on either of those uh, organizations, we will have links to those in the show notes. Um, and we encourage you to go and to learn. And if you're able to help, uh, please do so because it's important. And uh, we want you know everyone to have equality. Um, that's really important. So uh, thank you very much for that. And now on to the episode. Hello there, everyone. Today we have kind of a more Marvel-esque episode lined up for you today, and we also have the return of a guest who has been featured in our episode uh, 111, our KOTOR fan celebration. Uh, Mm -hmm. How are you doing, Jake? I'm very good, thank you. So, can you kind of introduce yourself and what you do? I'm currently learning to do concept art. For the past two years, after getting inspired by the works of like Brian Matthews and Doug Chang from Lucasfilm, I decided that I wanted to learn to do concept art, which is the design of things in film and TV and games. You also kind of helped us out with uh, some concept art for our politics episode 109, uh, where mm-hmm. Revan acted as arbiter on Manon, and it was it was pretty good. And and it, it, it's clear that you're talented and uh, you have a lot to offer the world of uh, concept art and art. So uh, it's great to have you on. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, you'd mentioned, Jake, that you are wanting to do get into like concept art and, and design. Has art always been something that you've been interested in or um, has it been uh, more recent? You mentioned like Doug Chang and stuff from uh, LucasArts, but, you know, has has, you know, pursuing art always been something you've been interested in? I mean, it wasn't always, but during obviously over the like the last four years when I've sort of been looking at you know, what I can actually do, I just decided, you know, I don't really want to go down the route of becoming a doctor. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure. You know, art uh, is more interesting. You know, make a, I suppose, as they always say, make your hobby into your job and you should hopefully be happy. But <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it's just something always been interesting but never really considered it until recently yeah i don't know being creative and being artistic like is something like i learned like not everyone can be doctors not everyone can be a business person and all that like uh the world needs uh creativity and that's something that i was really reminded of during uh corona personally uh so it's always great to see uh, people working uh, on, I don't know, their talents, you know, and it's cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, today we're going to be talking, as you mentioned, Cassia, about uh, Marvel shows. So obviously, you know, this is going to be getting its uh, basis from the um, comic book world on the new uh, Marvel show that just, just wrapped up a couple of weeks ago, uh, Moon Knight. Jake and Cassia, I guess let, let's start with... Uh, uh, the both of you, was Moon Knight something you were familiar with when the show started? Or were you like me? I knew that Oscar Isaac was going to be in it, and I really like Oscar Isaac, so I was interested to see it, but I didn't really know really anything about the character uh, going into the show. But was this something you, uh, either of you were familiar with when the show was starting up? Or? I learned about Moon Knight pretty early on, but I never really explored the character. I never really read the comics when I was younger, but I did know that he was like, um, that he had multiple personality disorder. But I never really learned much about him until recently when the show dropped and I got interested in the character. Yeah, so I, I've i heard about the character. I was never really familiar with Moon Knight other than, like, the suit and the silhouette. I mean, there have been rumors that Moon Knight was going to be a project uh, for about a decade, I want to say. But then it... But then, like, Disney Plus happened, and then there were kind of more rumors, and then some people were like, oh, this person's going to be casted, or this person, and then there were rumors it was going to be Oscar Isaac, and I was like, oh, cool. Oscar Isaac's a great part of the sequel trilogy, and um, I was excited to learn more about the character, and, like, as, like, the casting discussions were happening, I, I learned more like that it incorporated Egyptian mythology and that um, the main character uh, had disassociative identity disorder and that uh, people kind of considered Moon Knight to be like the Batman of the MCU. So I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm kind of pumped for this. And just the show was, uh, it was different because uh, mm -hmm. it's mythology, but not like, kind of like Greco-Roman mythology or Norse mythology, you know, like, which uh, I think are kind of more, not saturated, but kind of like, that's kind of what Western audiences are kind of exposed to most. 
but uh, it was just kind of intriguing to see different, I don't know, like locations, like throughout the world being used uh, in the show and uh, different mythologies and uh, and really one of the best explorations of mental health in entertainment that I've seen, uh, period. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I mentioned, I wasn't really very familiar with this character at all other than just I kind of knew of Moon Knight and that it, it was a, a comic book character, but I didn't really know anything else about it. So yeah, so it was a really... A really good examination, um, like you mentioned, um, you know, kind of, kind of in the the origin of of Moon Knight and uh, Mark Spector, um, and you know how uh, kind of his character uh, came into being. I thought was really interesting, and then yeah, getting some of that that lore and the the world building, and you know, being rooted on this uh, kind of like Egyptian mythology uh, was was really great, and you know, something very different than what we're used to kind of normally seeing. Um, you know, in entertainment, I guess in general, but, you know, also in Marvel. So yeah, so I was, as the show got started and I started to get more and more, um, into it, into the characters, uh, I, you know, I came to, uh, you know, find a lot of enjoyment out of it. And yeah, it was very kind of, um, almost, almost cathartic, I guess, coming out of, you know, 2020, 2021, um, you know, and, and seeing kind of the way that they're handling that on screen, I thought was really, really fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think I just, sorry, I'm kind of losing a battle with allergies today. (laughs) Um, So, kind of back in episode 56, I think, like, the topic of Marvel came up, and, like, I could have seen, like, the MCU kind of, the movies kind of ending with Endgame, but... I think we're on phase four of Marvel right now. If we're on phase five, sorry, I missed that, you know. Phase Um, 11, phase something, something. Yeah, phase something. It's, we all go through phases, but, um, I I don't know. Like, I've been very impressed with the, uh, Disney Plus side of Marvel lately. Kind of a bit more than some of the movies, and I think that they're kind of grappling with, like, real problems. Like, WandaVision dealt with uh, grief very well. And mm-hmm. I, was, I was amazed by WandaVision. And, uh, and Moon Knight, I think, uh, tackled mental health, like, in, in such a compelling way. What what do you think about Phase Four so far, Jake? Like, are you kind of like more of a fan of like the Disney Plus side or the movies, or are you kind of like I like them both? I would definitely say the Disney Plus side is <laughs> it's edging out quite a bit. I mean, recently I watched WandaVision, and I mean, no spoilers, but <laughs> I definitely wasn't impressed by that. <laughs> the uh, yeah. the show so far, though, I've been I think they've been pretty solid. You know, from obviously one division up till Moon Knight, I think they've been pretty solid so far. Yeah, and I just loved how experimental WandaVision was, uh, especially in its first few episodes where they kind of did, like, uh, different decades, you know, like, kind of like, this is the I Love Lucy-inspired episode, this mm-hmm. is kind of inspired by like shows of the 80s, you know, and um, I just thought that they were 
kind of being able to, it's like the creatives were given free reign to kind of be experimental in ways that like you can't really do in a MCU movie released in theaters as much, but mm-hmm. I think they've kind of been getting a little bit more experimental, like, uh, especially with the visuals in, uh, is it Doctor Strange in the mor- at the Multiverse of Madness or in the Multiverse of Madness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Doctor the Strange Madness, 2, that yeah. one. <laughs> the the yeah. Doctor Strange 2, yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of the, the benefit you get to this uh, longer form storytelling, I guess, right? You don't have to pack all this action and stuff into it and you can do a little bit more character exploration. So yeah, so that's why things like uh, WandaVision... Um, uh, you know, certainly uh, some parts of Loki were better than others, you know, at, at least for me, but then uh, something like, like Moon Knight. And I think, you know, you can really kind of dive into, um, you know, Mark as a, as a character more, more so than just, you know, have to, you know, go to Egypt and, and fight the bad guys. You can, you can do more time kind of setting up his character and his struggles and um, how that interplays. So, so yeah, so I, I really love the direction and yeah, hopefully we I uh, get to see more of it. I think I saw that uh, Wanda's uh, getting her own her own film. So I guess we'll see how that kind of kind of tacks on now from what's been built through WandaVision and uh, Doctor Strange. And we'll have to see what happens uh, to Moon Knight, I guess, going forward. Yeah. And um, kind of looking back at the show, it debuted all the way, like kind of kind of at the end of uh, March. Um so, like, uh, Jake and Brian, were you guys kind of, like, watching it week to week, or did you guys kind of catch up, like, at the at the end? And we can start with Jake and then uh, go to Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching it week to week. I was really engrossed in the show. I found it so compelling. I mean, the fact that they weren't just doing, as you said earlier, uh, you know, travel to this destination, fight whatever new bad guy, you know, and then move on to, oh, these are the stakes. Here's what's going to happen. But, you know, the good guy still wins. The fact that they did an actual, more of a character study, I found interesting compared to some of the other films and shows. I just thought, I thought it really, it hit a new tangent that Disney Plus shows can go down. Yeah, so so for me, I, this this was something I think I watched... I think probably like the the week after. So I do like on uh, on Tuesday nights. I go over to to my friend's house and we do uh, pizza and a TV show or a movie or something. And that's normally where I'll watch like the Marvel stuff because my wife is not really into um, kind of this uh, MCU sort of thing. So like she and I don't watch the shows together. So I usually try to like save it when I go over to um, like I said to my friend's house to watch it. So and then it, it just kind of got to. Uh, we were going out to see movies and uh, weren't able to kind of keep up on it week to week. So I'd, I kind of watched like the first one and then it was a couple weeks and then I caught up like on the episodes two and three. So I was watching it kind of sporadically. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really uh, interesting and it was definitely something that was, you know, kind of holding my attention and making me want to go back and revisit it. It was, it was just a timing thing. So I didn't get to watch it like week in and week out uh, like a lot of people did. Um, so I missed out on some of kind of the conversation of it, which which is a downside of it. But yeah, it was, it was definitely something that even though I was going, 
you know, a week or two in between seeing some of the episodes. It was it was something that I, you know, definitely wanted to to go back and revisit because sometimes when that happens, you kind of lose interest or maybe it's not, you know, it's not holding your attention or whatever the case is. But I didn't really uh, find that uh, with Moon Knight. Uh, what about you, Cassie? I, th- I think you were like a, a weekly watcher. You were ready to go as soon as this thing dropped, I think. Yeah, uh, I, I was a weekly watcher and... Um... I think some uh, some people out there were like, oh, the first episode wasn't intriguing enough or the second episode wasn't intriguing enough. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know where they're coming from because I, I just <laughs> find it so interesting. Like Stephen Grant and uh, Mark Spector are just uh, as you kind of like learn how they're related to each other and like the conchu of it all, the moon night of it all. Um mm-hmm. I was just ready to go and like, I mean, he works at a museum. Like, I love museums and <laughs> like, uh, just like the British Museum. It has arguably too much. Maybe it should return some of uh, what it has, you know, to where to where they came from. But that's probably a discussion uh, for another day. Uh, with someone you know far smarter than me uh kind of going over it but uh yeah I was a weekly watcher and like it really kind of made my spring uh special you know and it Mm -hmm. ended on on May the 4th on Star Wars Day which is actually kind of hilarious we had uh one two three four five six episodes and I think it covered a, a great story in that amount of time yeah, it felt like it covered a lot of ground in six episodes, um, especially because, yeah, like the first two episodes are kind of setting it up. And then kind of the the middle part there is, you know, really kind of a, you know, kind of, kind of setting up, I guess, the story, how it's how it's playing out in, in Egypt and kind of what the 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 main crux of, you know, what what Moon Knight is what what the end goal i guess kind of is and then you know even into like the last episodes it's really you know going back and uh looking at uh mark specter and um you know his you know and really doing kind of this analysis on uh you know his uh dissociative identity disorder and 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 that and i thought that that was really interesting that they they kind of focused on that at the first part of it and then also kind of finished up with that almost to where it was like a bookends as being kind of the, the most important part of, of the character. And I thought that that was really cool. Yeah. I guess Jake, like, uh, kind of looking at the, the six episodes, uh, what episodes kind of were your favorite and stuck out to you and like all that? For me, I found episode one and five, probably my favorites. Mostly because, well, episode one I thought was fantastic. It it kept a really interesting flow to it. Like it was kind of disjointed, but it was disjointed in a good way that made it made sense for it to it set a really good tone for the show. Is what I think I'm trying to say to you. <laughs> I mean, some of the cuts when Steven loses control and then he reappears. You know, after I don't know some kind of bloody mess, mm-hmm. it's it was. I found it really intriguing. I think that's like what kind of hooked me initially. The show, yeah. um, 
I mean, episode five, which is topsy, or just um, character study, I think, it really delved deep into his DID. And I thought it was just so interesting because one thing during that episode that was, I thought probably said the most was when um, Stephen's brother dies. But just prior to that, you can see, you get, it cuts away to a shot of a crow, like a dead crow, but the skull is, looks exactly like conscious, which obviously is a good, like, sort of like, Christ, um, it just foreshadows the fact that Conscious probably been, you know, yeah. almost mentoring uh, Stephen, I mean, sorry, Mark into becoming his avatar right from the beginning and may have even caused the death of his brother. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for for me, I mean, in, in terms of the individual episodes, like, I don't, at, at the time I was watching, like, None of them were really standing out too much, but now as I think back on them, there were, you know, kind of individual moments of each of the episodes that I that I liked a lot. Of course, you know, Asylum is probably the, you know, kind of the top episode. It's the the highest rated one, um, of course, because that's where we really are digging back into, um, you know, kind of his you know childhood trauma and, you know, what kind of kind of led to um, his uh, DID. And, you know, I it was just amazing and then it's set you know on the on the backdrop of uh you know going out through uh through you know into the into the plane into the reeds of field or field of reeds and uh that stuff was that stuff was amazing um so yeah of course that's that's the best one but i i mean i really liked even like into like uh i think it was episode two um when you're kind of kind of first seeing the the personalities are are coming to a head and then you also had kind of the time with um with uh, Ethan Hawke's character uh, Arthur and you're learning more about his motivations and you're seeing them in like their uh, encampment or whatever that was um I thought that that was a really good episode and and I liked that I I really liked any time uh Ethan Hawke was on screen because he was excellent and uh, I really liked him as as that character so uh kind of those were the the two big standouts but yeah I mean looking back through the the whole series there were just uh, a lot of a lot of highlights you know in each of the episodes that that all kind of felt like they were they were running together maybe that was just the kind of the, the way that i was watching the show but yeah a lot of good stuff in there yeah uh side note kind of hilariously uh when our podcast uh <laughs> was named the evan hawk podcast mm-hmm, yeah um, hilariously enough not everyone knows like the Ebon Hawk is the the ship you know uh in Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2 uh and people would be like is it an Ethan Hawk podcast and <laughs> like I wish it were like I'd love yeah. an Ethan Hawk podcast but I, I think we should yeah. branch out and do an Ethan Hawk podcast maybe that would be good yeah, I mean, like, I he was even in Northman, so like mm, we could yep. do so many things with that. But, um, yeah, like, I, I just thought it was a well-set-up, structured season uh, because, like, you definitely kind of, like, in the first two episodes, you kind of get hints that, like, uh, there is more to Stephen Grant than it seems, and, like, He's mm-hmm. connected to the Moon Knight Khonshu, and then, like, he has, like, this Mark Spector side of himself, you know, like, kind of, like, disassociative and, like, kind of, like, uh, they have conversations. And then, like, 
I'd say the adventure starts to pick up uh, in episodes three and four, like the friendly type in the tomb. Um, and spoilers, like I was kind of upset that uh, they kind of just unhinged, you know, Alexander the Great's jaw and mm. like just yanked it out of there. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, some archaeologists, like, do you know how important that tomb is? And like, his body and grave and like how much you could learn and like you kind of just desecrated that but i guess it was like for their greater good but i was like i feel like mm-hmm. Stephen grant could have handled that and like because he works at a museum and could have done that better so <laughs> he could have shown a little uh a little more care in that maybe but yeah <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> have to do, have to do what you have to do when you're when you're in those tombs and yeah i mean we've talked about on the podcast a lot you know how much we Love like Indiana Jones and kind of you know archaeology you know type of type of tropes and things. So yeah, that that stuff was definitely definitely fun and definitely great to see on screen too. So. Yeah, and uh, Layla's an interesting character. I I do like that they didn't really do like a full love triangle. Like it's just like because they're kind of like sort of the same person, like Mark and and Stephen, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, just great to not have an obligatory love triangle uh even though there there's love there you know it's it's just kind of kind of different um uh were there any other characters that uh either that stuck out to you guys um i found the character of Konshu fascinating i mean the fact that this god supposedly you know believes that I mean, you can almost see from Alex's point of view why Konshu is weak as a character. You know, he wants to deal with, you know, criminals and evildoers as it were after they've committed said crimes. But you know, that may be slightly pointless. But, you know, I don't know. The fact that he's so almost an evil character like compared to our uh, you know protagonist i think it's just it's a weird pairing you know because he's so like i don't know manipulative he's a really weird he's just interesting you know because he's just he's not out, he's out of the norm for the general mcu because he because he's such a manipulative character Yes, uh, very much of like a like an antihero type, which I, I I think is interesting, and it's 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 even more interesting, I think, in the in the TV shows because then you get the opportunity to explore those um, a little bit more. So, yeah, and it, I I mean like kind of at the end of uh, the tomb episode, the reveal is that uh, Mark and Stephen run into Tourette. Uh, who was a hippo and mm-hmm. I was like oh we're getting we're getting interesting now it's <laughs> like That's if right. you think you're in an asylum and you're kind of imagining the Egyptian mythology of it all then it's like nope there is a talking hippo you know named Tarret, <laughs> and um, I just uh, love the accent and the characterization and uh Visually, it was just kind of interesting to uh, see that interpretation uh, of Egyptian mythology, which, you know, like, I I 
I've read a bit and then like kind of through the writings of Rick Riordan became more familiar with Egyptian mythology, but uh, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it's just striking visuals to see like the field of reeds and I'm like, Oh, it's like gladiator, you know, or like <laughs> right. um, that kind of nighttime voyage and like just kind of finding the balance of the heart and everything. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, what made me really convinced that we needed to do an episode uh, on Moon Knight was uh, episode five, Asylum. Uh, what did you guys think of it? Asylum as a whole, I thought was pretty interesting, obviously, because it runs through basically all of Mark's backstory. You know, you know, it starts with Mark being really defensive, trying to keep Stephen away from learning anything about him really trying to like stop Stephen from becoming any like more influential than he already is. And then obviously it starts to, they start to delve deeper into Mark's childhood and his abusive mother and after his brother's death. Now Stephen's childhood was essentially a living nightmare apart from his dad. But you know, you can really see how Mark's DID really starts to develop the more you see all of his, uh, to be fair, quite horrible childhood, where you know, he essentially got abused. So, <laughs> not pleasant topic, mm-hmm. but obviously one that needed to be addressed. Yeah, for sure. It's it's very interesting to find a story that's you know kind of that that poignant in regards of you know analyzing uh, mental health in this way, like within like a the confines of a superhero story, but I, the episode itself, it's completely incredible. And Oscar Isaac is, is so good because it's basically like Towerette's kind of, kind of sets it up and then it turns into, I'd want to say monologue, but he's playing uh, two characters, um, you know, as, as um, Mark and as um, what's his other uh, Mark and Steven. Right. So, and it's going kind of through the, these shared memories and the way that it, the way that it looks. And I really like, there's um kind of when they're going into like the childhood home and they just keep going like upstairs uh to like a new memory and then they go upstairs to a new memory it's like like the house and the memories like are never ending uh which is great and then yeah tower it's awesome i think um let's see her uh the the actress who did the voices uh antonio salib uh she was great um uh, she, you know, kind of, it kind of provided like, like a little bit of levity, which I think you need because it was, you know, some very serious, very dark stuff. And then, um, like I mentioned, you know, kind of in the backdrop of, uh, you know, going through, um, on this, on this ship sailing through like the afterlife, uh, was, you know, just, just really incredible. I think, like, like I said, it's, it's surreal to think that we got such a deep, um, study into, into mental health. Um, within the confines of this superhero story, and I, I thought I thought that it was incredible. Uh, it was a fantastic episode of television for sure. Asylum was was powerful, and uh, I you kind of got to see his whole life, like Mark's whole life, and the creation of Stephen, how he was able to cope, and just kind of like. To see, like, I guess, like, one thing I am kind of critical of sometimes is, like, 
everyone says like, oh, mental health matters, like it's important, but like you have to go deeper than like uh, peppermint helps you concentrate and yoga is good for you because sometimes uh, mm-hmm. mental health can be very hard, very complex, like take place over a lifetime and it can get deep and ugly and what I loved about this is like it respected uh kind of the complexities and the ugliness and like mental health can you know not be pretty you know uh but I found Mm -hmm. that uh this asylum episode was respectful because it kind of showed like the reality of like what mental health can the problems it can cause um but i think what i i felt uh represented on screen not that i have a did uh but just like the struggles that uh he he kind of went through and just like the brokenness you know uh, mm-hmm. after the the shiva and I thought that this episode, um, maybe others had different experiences with it and like maybe not everyone saw it positively, but I thought that, uh, it, em- it empowered those who struggled, uh, by kind of acknowledging like th- these problems are, are hard, you know, but, uh, we're not going to look away when it, when it's ugly, you know, and, yeah, I remember that the credits had like, uh, you know, resources at the end of it, and I just thought it was uh, very powerful and very respectful. Yeah, absolutely, it, it was, and yeah, and we will definitely make sure to uh, get those resources. We'll post those in the uh, show description as well. So, um, yeah, make sure if you know if if you need help or just you know want to learn more, then those are good ways to uh, to do that. So. I definitely want to make sure that, you know, everyone has access to that. And yeah, and I think it's important for for us as, you know, as a society to, you know, shine more light on things like this because uh, it it's just important to get it out into the, uh, you know, the, the cultural zeitgeist. And, you know, we've talked about it before, but, you know, that's that's the way that, you know, hopefully things will get better and, you know, destigmatized and, uh, you know, people can people can, you know, get the help that they need and get the support that they need. That's it. That's very important stuff. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of the episode 99 we did, uh, with, uh, 501st help. And, uh, that mm-hmm. episode is available. And I believe you have, a, a star Wars mental health post on your Instagram. If people need that resource. So what I like asylum, Asylum, like, I I kind of went through kind of, like, the hell of it all, the katabasis, and then uh, and then we were kind of ready for episode six. So what did you guys like about, like, the, the finale? Uh, I honestly thought the finale was probably one of the weaker episodes of the show. It, it definitely felt fairly rushed, almost. Like, maybe... The, I, I felt like it could have done with maybe another episode to fully explore that finale. But overall, I thought it was a fairly good action-packed episode. You know, typical MCU. You know, beat the boss, 
it's all all good. Everything kind of goes back to normal. But in my opinion, I thought the absolute like the best part of that episode was easily the and I don't mean that as in oh, I'm glad it was over, but the actual the last scene of the show, which is obviously of Jake Lockley and Conchu finishing off the job. Despite Conchu promising that he would leave Mark and uh, Stephen alone, which obviously leads on to the hope that there's a second season. <laughs> but, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. not. Maybe maybe we'll go. But it was good to see um, visually as well. I thought the actual episode was fairly strong. You know, the CG was quite good. I thought some of the designs were really fantastic, especially um, one other thing was the fact that during some of the fight scenes, those were really fluid and it didn't feel disjointed too much. Overall, I thought it was a fairly good episode. Yeah, I I would kind of kind of agree with that. I think um, for me, one of the the takeaways from the season was it felt maybe like they could have had one more episode just to just to explore Amit just a little bit more, you know, kind of before this final confrontation. But I, I think that it did a good job of, of kind of wrapping all of that stuff up. I mean, obviously, uh, Layla's transformation uh, into what's it, the uh, the Scarlet Scarab, uh, that was pretty awesome. I really liked the way that they were that they did that, you know, and that she was you know talking to the people that that Amit had, you know, uh, you know past judgment on or, or whatever. I thought that that was really cool. And I liked her transformation. Her costume was uh, really great. Um, and then kind of that, cool. you know, post-credit uh, scene was, was cool to, I, you you could kind of look at it and say that it, you know, kind of wrapped, wrapped it up for what they're trying to do with the TV show. But you could also look at it and say that that opened the door to, you know, tell more in this TV show, you know, whichever kind of way that they wanted to, to do it in. But, but yeah, I, I thought that it, I thought that it was good. And it was, I really liked kind of the visuals, especially as you're seeing, um, you know, uh, Mark and uh, Layla like fighting with Arthur, and then you know, in behind them, you have uh, Amit and Kanshu. You know, just just these huge like gods, like in the like in the background. I thought that that was was really cool looking. And uh, Jake, you brought up a good point. Like the it was it was very fluid as they were going kind of back and forth between, um, you know, between the the two versions there of of Moon Knight. You know, with the costume changes and things, it, it looked really good. So. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought it was good. I, I maybe would have liked it, or maybe had the episode been about ten minutes long. It's kind of deceiving, right? Because all these episodes were like forty, forty-five minutes, but there's like ten minutes worth of credits on each one. So, yeah, and I I can understand like the finale feeling a bit rushed. I mean, it is. I think it's the shortest uh, episode of Moon Knight this season, and the shortest uh, MCU disney plus finale um Mm. but i I still i still like think it was a good ride but yeah could have probably had seven episodes but it seems like six episodes is like the disney plus magic number i don't know um but just kind of like uh to see layla also kind of become a bit of a Egyptian superhero. I thought that was cool. And uh, mm-hmm. visually, the most stunning fights, I think, kind of occurred uh, in in this episode. And, uh, and uh, what a post-credits scene. I think it really made 
the whole season kind of click and connect and uh what a reveal to see like jake lockley you know and like arthur harrow is, is killed you know what did you guys think of the uh, post-credit scene i absolutely loved it because it paralleled exactly what i wanted to see because when i was reading the uh jeff lemire run yeah i mean this is a very minor thing but the fact that you got to see Konshu in the suit, I thought was wonderful. I mean, it's very minor, but it was a nice parallel to the comics. And obviously, I think Oscar Isaac's acting throughout the entire season has been really, it's been fantastic. I mean, the fact that you already get a good sense of Jake Lockley's character with barely, like, 20 seconds of screen time is fantastic. I mean, you really got the, the idea that Jake Lockley's just, you know, he's cruel, maybe even slightly evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. kind of seems... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, um, I was just going to say, yeah, I really liked the, the post-credit scene. Um, like I said, I wasn't familiar with these characters at all, so... Uh, when they go into into the hospital and um, pick up Arthur, um, like I had no idea, so I was like, I was like as interested and on the edge of my seat for this little, you know, like two minute post credit thing. Is uh, what's going on? Is that like a good person that's coming in to to get him, or is that like like one of like his like henchmen coming in to get him to spring him so he can go do more bad stuff? I didn't know, so I was like, ah, what's what's happening? But yeah, it was really cool, and then it was cool to see um, Kanshu like like inside of the limousine. I thought that that was really cool where he was, you know, just like a, a normal person size. Cause you'd only ever seen him like, it, you know, at great distances and, and, you know, big and huge and stuff. So I thought that that was, that was really cool, but yeah, it was, it was really good. Uh, little, uh, post credit or mid credit scene. Yeah. And it really has me intrigued. Like I really want a season two. I'd really prefer a season two rather than seeing like Moon Knight in a couple of cameos in Marvel movies, you know? Mm. What would you guys prefer? I've heard a lot of good ideas for how Moon Knight can be moved forward from here. Obviously, hey, everyone said, yeah, let's let's get a season two. Season two would probably be better because now we all know We've got all the setup now. We can start diving into some more MCU style stuff, whatever. But one thing that I've been interested in is the idea of Midnight Suns, which is essentially just a team of, um, or I think it's Doctor Strange, Moon Knight, Blade, and Ghost Rider, which I think is a really interesting and maybe a grittier version mm. of Marvel. Maybe more similar to the Netflix shows like Daredevil would be a really interesting way to do that. Because, um, you know, if anyone's seen the Blade film, which came out in, what was it, 1980? I can't remember the exact day, but sometimes in the 90s, it was, um, it was one of, it was really gritty and it was quite, I think it's one of the better Marvel movies, despite it not being during, during this MCU phase, I guess. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, uh, I I would love to see the story continue, obviously, and I think you know, and and somewhere or another, we are going to see it. Um, I think maybe maybe the way that they do it, maybe an interesting way, I think, is you you turn it over to 
being Layla's story now, and you know, Moon Knight's going to be coming in as like like a supporting character to her, so we get to see more of her story because I feel like we've gotten the chance to kind of flesh out, you know, Mark's story a little bit. And um, if if you did a, a second season, I don't know where you you go with with Mark and Steven. Um, that hasn't, you know, been explored. So maybe you turn it over to Layla and you kind of focus on, on her, maybe, I, I don't know, rectifying stuff with the Egyptian gods or, or whatever. And then, you know, you can have Mark and Steven kind of come in, um, as more of like a, like a supporting role. And then, you know, ultimately we can learn more about, uh, Jake Lockley, uh, and Kanchu kind of that way. I would, I would like to see that versus, you know, just, you know, going to the next, uh, you know, Avengers film and, you know, Moon Knight shows up on one of the teams. So, yeah, uh, that's a good point about like kind of fleshing out Layla more because I, I think she wasn't fleshed out enough. Um, mm-hmm. And I think yeah. the real mystery of a potential season two, which I would prefer, you know, to to a movie um, is kind of figuring out Jake Lockley, because I think like Stephen Grant and uh, Mark Spector kind of uh have accepted each other, you know, mm-hmm. not that there's like no room for them to grow, but like, I think it's kind of like after asylum, like what can you do really? Um, right. But yeah, I'd prefer season two and I kind of hope one happens. Um, and, uh, I, I really, really enjoyed moon Knight. Uh, for a while, it was uh, one of my favorites on on Letterbox, so uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't put it there lightly, you know. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but uh, is there anything uh, either of you, uh, Jake or Brian, like wanted to mention that we kind of forgot to bring up? Um, no, I can't say no. <laughs> Not thinking of anything at the moment. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Yeah. Just to kind of to kind of kind of one final point we you know we just talked about what we wanted to to see there and there there is a line right at the kind of very end where towerette tells layla you know that she talked to you know her father is you know she's you know yeah taking him through the afterlife so so maybe that sets up for more of her story and i hope i hope so because i think that she is an interesting character and we could we could uh do good to uh to get more of that i think that would be interesting so yeah I guess one thing uh, I kind of remembered was uh, Tarret kind of mentioning the ancestral plane. Like, you know, like, it reminds me of episodes 120 and 123. And in 123, we kind of mentioned, like, humans share 50% of their DNA with bananas. And uh, humans, you know, like... uh, you kind of get the sense that like they kind of share more of the ancestral plane, like than than not, you know, and, uh, no matter if like you're Khonshu or, you know, or you're Black Panther, you know, uh, in Wakanda, you know, like, and I just thought that was a, that was a nice, uh, detail that they kind of included and, if you ever get quizzed on this podcast, I hope that you know that humans share fifty percent of their DNA with bananas, and uh, that's right. And that would be good. So, um, yeah, 
Absolutely, absolutely. So now, now the only thing that we still need uh, is we need like a Stephen Grant like travel channel show where he just goes around to the different tombs and talks to you about him because that would be that would be pretty cool. So uh, let's let's get to work on that. It'll be a sub- supplemental material. Uh, we'll all watch it. We'll all we'll all love it. Um, but while we're waiting for that, everyone should go and uh, find Jake so they can see what he's working on concept art wise. If uh, do you want to check some of his stuff out, Jake? Thanks so much for joining us. Where should uh, everyone come and and find um, you? See what you've got going on. You can probably find me on Instagram at uh, jakebodyfarming.com. No, not Sorry, <laughs> um, at jakebodyfarming. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm not sure. I said that. Just went through. That's okay. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you, Jake. And yeah, thank you for coming on. And uh, I, I mean, we usually close out by saying "May the Force be with you." Um, but I don't know. Is there something more Moon Knight to say? Oh, um, uh, no. I, I, I uh, no. Later I can't. Skaters. I can't. Later skaters. <laughs> later that's, skaters. That's All right. One, two, three. Later skaters. Later skaters. Oh, <laughs> the older public podcast can be found on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts youtube as well as everywhere else that anchor podcasts are distributed subscriptions reviews and shares help us out and if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at DennisSMowersMusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.